What's going on, everybody? We are back. We are back on the Over Six Points Podcast, the first show of 2022. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for tagging along. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Zach DeMannenberg, and with me is the Turf King, uh, returning after our little vacation, our bye week after the holidays. Cam, good to see you. Good to have you back. How are you feeling today? Well, uh, I currently live in Ontario, so that's uh, <laughs> that's about as much as I can say on how I'm doing right now. Uh, Fair. Rough weekend for the Dolphins. It, it wasn't good. It was very disappointing. And uh, yeah, again, I live in Ontario right now, so things not looking great at the moment. How are you, Burke? No, I'm doing fine. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, the Ontario part, if, if you don't live in, um, in Ontario or in, in Canada, and I know... Uh, we, we just recently had some listeners from Russia. So, hey, thank you for listening. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're outside of Canada, we're uh, on lockdown number five, six. I forget. I don't even know what number it is at this point. But, um, yeah, it just keeps continuing on and on and on. Uh, so, you know, our sporting events don't have anybody in the stands. So nobody can watch the Leafs on their go at 24 and one over the last 25. Just going to bring that up. Uh but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's tough. Can't can't hit the can't hit the simulator, can't hit the restaurant. We can sit outside in a tent though. In minus fifteen, and, yeah, yeah, with propane heaters and stuff because that seems safe. Yeah, that's minus... much safer than <laughs> eating inside at even half capacity. Yes, let's get people outside table to table with propane heaters in a tent. Yes, that is much much safer. There's no danger for carbon monoxide poisoning, right? Actually, I think there's a vaccine for carbon monoxide poisoning. Funny enough. But you need like two doses and like five boosters for it. Anyway, all right, enough of that. Don't want to talk about it. Nobody, nobody tuned, tuned in to hear our rants. We're not happy about it. But hey, as long as it's over by golf season, I think that you know we'll all sign off on that, no doubt. Um, where where do you want to kick off? Because we we we've we've kind of been off the airways for a couple of weeks, and uh, and last week, um, you obviously were a little under the weather. You know, we were both kind of busy, and then a lot of stuff has just happened, man. In the, uh, since then world juniors you want to start there yeah i mean we can touch on all the covid based stuff at the moment and uh i guess yeah start away with the world juniors that got canceled due to covid and really just terrible terrible tournament terrible i don't even know double ihf just didn't treat this properly at the end of the day it's quick explanation for me it's a two-week tournament two three weeks it's, it's what 16 to 20 year old men young men um why did we not quarantine them in a hotel why is there a wedding going on in the same hotel as them like what guy at 16 to 20 wouldn't be like yeah fine whatever like quarantine me bubble me for two weeks play hockey with the boys spend time with the boys in the hotel i don't care like why is there why didn't you set this up more properly i get like nhl seasons nba you can't bubble them up all year but a two-week tournament i don't know why you didn't do that to avoid all this shit well and like yeah, if you, if you told me, like, hey, you have to quarantine for 10 days, but you get a roomie and you can bring your PlayStation and whatever, like, really? I can sit in a hotel room and, like, game for 10 days straight and chill and get room service? That doesn't sound terrible at all. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, when I was in high school and stuff, or, like, 19, 20 years old, you're going to give me two weeks with the boys to just play hockey, hang out in a hotel? No problem. I'm st- I do it in a heartbeat. So I don't know why the double You do it now. Me. Yeah, I'd probably probably do it now still, actually. <laughs> for two weeks, like, it's a completely different situation than the professional sports where you're doing it for an entire season. Like, 
just terrible. And the fact that there's like a wedding at the Red Deer Hotel that basically was the reason that the tournament got shut down. This wedding had a massive COVID outbreak. There was people in this wedding in the elevators with the World Junior players unmasked and stuff. Like, just a complete mess. It was just completely horrible by the double IHF. And they had to cancel it. Like, I didn't really, yeah. I, I didn't see an option there. I, we, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, but they had to cancel it because um, the whole forfeit thing was, was, was a joke. Like, in a sense, it, and we, and this has been talked about a lot, but the last team that didn't get COVID wins. Like, that's pretty much what this tournament was turning into, which that's not, it's not what it's about. And you don't get to, like, you know, just, you, you want to see these games. I just don't know how it changed so much in a year. Cause last year we had Germany play with like 10 players in one game because of COVID. Like, why didn't we set these guys up in single rooms? Like, why isn't there more done, like, the rapid test? I don't get why they couldn't have figured this out to play the games like they did last year. Last year, you had Germany have, like, 15 people on the COVID list. So, 10 people played the game, and they still played the game. It wasn't really fair, but you still played the game and attempted to. And I mean, yeah, I would have liked to still see them play as many games as they can. The players who test positive don't play. Everyone else does. There had to be a better way of figuring it out. It was just completely terribly run tournament and that's really all there is to it well and yeah i mean it's too bad too i, I was there's you know people talking about well maybe this world juniors team could go and play at the olympics well uh unfortunately lots of quite a few of the the more experienced players are under nhl contracts so they can't go um, it is, it is going to be exciting we are going to get it sounds like like we'll get owen power over there it sounds like kent johnson's probably going to go they're both quite good they're going to be over there and you will get quite a few guys it's just weird some of the contracts and some of the people who can and can't go. If you're in the CHL and on an NHL contract, you can't. But if you're in the AHL and on a two-way deal, you can. So kind of confusing that way. So someone like Mason McTavish, who's signed to his NHL deal, but back in the CHL, he can't go because he's technically on his NHL contract. Where a guy like Cole Perfetti, who's signed, but playing in the AHL and not the CHL, he's technically on his AHL contract. Mm. How does that work, by the way? Like, if you are playing in the CHL on an NHL contract, are you still getting paid NHL money? No. So you get nothing. It's just a year off your deal. No, it's not even that. I don't actually don't really know too much, honestly, about that. It's not even a year off your entry deal. It's just basically, I think it's like ownership rights kind of thing, right? Yeah. You're signed, so like you don't automatically go back into the draft in two years. Right. Like they have to sign you within two years or you can go back into the draft. Do you get a bonus for it? Do you get anything for it? I think you might get a si- your signing bonus when you sign it, but I don't know all the details around it. But it's weird this last two years because the CHL didn't really go last year. So guys like Cole Perfetti, any other year they'd be having to play in the CHL still based on their age. But because they played in the AHL last year, they're allowed to play again this year because the CHL really wasn't going on last year. So like you had guys in the past like Marner and stuff who – were kind of too good to go back to the OHL, but they couldn't be sent to the AHL based on their age. That's where you're getting this weird year this year because of COVID last year. So a guy like Perfetti, he actually might be able to go to the Olympics and help out Team Canada, but a guy like Mason McTavish can't because he didn't play in the AHL last year. He can't be sent down to the AHL. So it's a whole lot of confusion. I mean, it's good for the CHL overall in most years because you don't want to take all the talent out of the CHL and put it in the AHL to help these buildings still and help these fan bases. So it's, it's just kind of a confusing thing, but it will be nice to get a guy like Owen power. Owen power might go from like, he was obviously one of the best players at the world juniors. He might be a top five player at the Olympics. Now being able to go over there from Michigan playing in the NCAA, like there's a good chance he's a top five player at the Olympics. Now, like that's huge for Canada. Got getting a guy like him. 
Yeah, well, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, the simplest solution to all this mess was just to let the NHL players make their own choice. I mean, that that it, that that's just pretty simple. Um, Brad Marchand, this is another thing that popped up, ripped the NHL, the NHLPA over over the Olympics. Um, I understand his point. I get that there's you know there's a business behind the NHL, and like I understand that aspect of it, but. You know, obviously, you know, his statement kind of comes from a place where he's like, I'm going to be probably too old the next time it happens to go. This is my last kick at the can and I'm going to get robbed of this. Like, I should have a say in the matter. Like, I'm the one who who wants to play. I, I get I get it. And I don't know. And he's saying like a lot of the players feel the same. I get there's some players that probably don't want to go. But I mean, it's just the PA making because like, at the end of the day, it came down to the PA and they're for things like this they are your voice so there was definitely a votes here and stuff so yeah it sucks for and you'll hear people individually stay up but as a players association they stood up and ultimately voted to not go so i get where marishan is coming from but i honestly like the players made the player association made the right choice for the broad spectrum of players and that's you're looking at a situation like this where you really want to go but when the players association stands up for you for something else like there's good and bad of having an association and maybe this is one of the issues of having it, but it's kind of what goes and comes of having an association or a union type thing. Well, yeah. I mean, Hey, sometimes it doesn't matter if it's an auto or whatever, like you, you disagree with your union, but at the end of the day, your union's run by your peers in a sense. Right. So if majority want that, that's what they get. And that's just, that's just how it is. I understand the point, uh, you know, as I said, that he's trying to make, and it's too bad. That, honestly, it is too bad that the, the NHLPA couldn't have just said, hey, you know what? It's up to you guys on an individual basis. Just know that, like, you're going to get a two-week period. Like, we'll give you two weeks. Like, the NHL might still go on, but let's just say the owners were like, okay, you know, we agreed to a two-week break. We'll pay you for two weeks or whatever the case is. I don't know how that works. They probably wouldn't want to because they're of the delay. But let's just say, like, if you, if you were Marshad and it was like, okay, you are definitely giving up two weeks of game checks and you might have to give up two seven. months of game checks yeah seven weeks like that's up to you if you want to go or not and he decides to go then that's it that's his choice I, I i understand like that would be frustrating i think but um overall though i also understand the other side of that where you're like we have to make the decision for people so they so that they don't make the wrong decision right and then all of a sudden you know brad marchand's the with with his attitude is the latest uh you know prisoner in china that we have to get trudeau to extradite out of there right so anyway at the end of the day it sucks as a fan but uh, ultimately like i hear brad marchand's argument but ultimately at the end of the day i think they made the right decision and really the only decision they could they can't go with all the things going on it doesn't make any sense for them to go and it yeah i i think they made ultimately the right decision how much it sucks as a fan and it sucks for some of the players who won't get another chance ultimately is a broad spectrum thing i think they made the right decision i mean hey they can complain to world juniors guys who also aren't going to get another chance right like the overagers aren't going to be allowed back and tough beans right yes that's how she goes so moving into a little more covid talk i mean we're a tennis podcast here too so we gotta touch base on this the world number one the guy battling for the most uh grand slams all time novaks is having yeah novaks (laughs) Djokovic having a whole mess in australia oh man Oh this man, is, this guy gets a visa approved to go to Australia and compete, and then he shows up to the country, and the visa gets overturned. He gets held in the uh, airport for six to eight hours. Now he's in a ho- then he was in a hotel guarded by police for hours. It's turned into a whole mess. And I mean, at the end of the day, like I have to agree with some of the tennis players. They're like, 
Novak, you've known about this for months now. Either don't show up or get vaccinated. Like that's like this has kind of gone back to the point about anybody when it comes to vaccination. I know we're not a political podcast here, but everyone has the right to not get vaccinated. Yep. You have the right if that's your choice. But you're also giving up things if you don't. Yep. And sorry, Novak, this is one of the things you're giving up. For sure, and you I- have the right not to get vaccinated, but you can't compete at the Aussie Open. That's your right. And, but sorry. And 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 let's let's also just acknowledge too that like Australia is one of the strictest countries in the world with this stuff. It's not like, you know, like if he was to come to Canada for a tournament, I'm sure that they could figure out a deal, right? Like he could come in non-vaxxed. I, I, I'm sure they would work something out because that's just what the Canadian government does. Generally speaking, we bend over backwards for professional athletes because we, we just do. And that's fine. I, I don't, I don't have qualms about that. Like I get some people get mad. They're like, well, average citizen this. I'm like, yeah, okay. People who have that pr- kind of privilege and who entertain and bring you know, money to economies and things like that. Yeah. Like sometimes Canada, they get, Canada they get hasn't perks. done it for the NBA, the NBA or the NHL. They haven't allowed it. That's There's true. Guys who haven't been able to, you're just yeah. not allowed to come into the border and that's the rule. So guys well, Australia is true. Like, as I said, super yeah. strict. So I, you're right. I don't know what you expect. And like, maybe they were trying to slip it under the radar. That's yeah. what it seems like to me. Like, it seems like they're like, Oh, we're just going to sneak it under. And then by the time he's here, it's like too late. And then at some point somebody was like, it, it got out. Which I this this is what blows my mind is like people are like oh well the only reason that uh, he got it revoked was because people freaked out about it and I'm like but like what would have happened if he was like three games into the tournament and then people freaked out like are they gonna pull him out then you know what yeah. I mean like are they just gonna revoke it mid tournament like this is like I don't know if I put any stock into that but yeah I think you're right at the end of the day like you knew about this dude like his what was yeah, his dad was saying, his yeah. dad was saying he's gonna like fight people in the street like. Like, there's going to be a brawl to get him out of holding. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, I don't think there's really much more to touch on this. Novak, you knew about this for months. You had the choice. Get vaccinated or don't play in the Aussie Open. You chose not to get vaccinated. So that's your right. You have the right to not get vaccinated. But you're not going to play in the Aussie Open then. Sorry. <laughs> Dave Hodge with, with his with his Novaks, he's like, this is way too obvious. And I was like, that's so funny, though. I, I, had, a, yeah. I had a good laugh about that. And I was like, oh. Uh, so it's just brilliant, honestly. Yeah, I think the last quick thing that I have headline-wise is just this whole Antonio Brown fiasco right Ooh. now. I mean, I don't know which... There, there's people divided on this issue and on both sides. Lay the floor, Cam. What happened over the weekend? Well, I mean, the easiest way to put it is, is without knowing anything in advance, Antonio Brown leaves the field, takes off his jersey shoulder pads, runs off the field, starts waving at the fans, giving the peace sign, jumping jacks in the end zone trying to get a ride out of the stadium with the cop, a whole bunch of a mess. And I mean, everything we've got from this story, I still don't know where it is. Antonio Brown's blaming it on his ankle injury, which he's also missed the last three weeks. Right. He's missed the last three weeks because of having a fake COVID passport, but also because he was on IR for his ankle injury before the fake COVID passport came out. So his ankle injury, according to him, is serious enough. It was serious enough that they put him on IR. So his story is on the sideline. He said he couldn't play anymore. Right. His ankle was in too much pain to run routes. He couldn't do it. So he wasn't playing at that point. According to him, Bruce Arians basically told him like, okay, leave then. Then you get the other side of the story. And it was Antonio Brown going to Bruce Arians and saying, I'm not getting the ball enough. The targets aren't there. And Bruce Arians basically telling like, nobody does that to me. Like you're cut. And then he left. So there's more and more to this story. I mean, I can't get into all the details, 
But basically, it's just a total mess. There's people who hate Ontario Brown for what he is, and he has a very shady past. He's done a lot of bad things. I don't think anybody's arguing that Antonio Brown's a great person, but we also have to look at the fact that he definitely clearly has some mental health issues that needs to be helped with. Um, Bruce Arians also isn't the best person ever as well. And Bruce Arians before Antonio Brown showed up to the Buccaneers had clear issues with him, calling him a diva saying he didn't want him a part of the team, but the owner and Tom Brady stepped in and got Brown a part of the team over Bruce Arians because it's Tom Brady and he just brought a championship. So he gets what he wants. So at the end of the day, I actually don't know what side to go on this. Like, I think they're definitely, there's probably bits and pieces of both their stories that are right and wrong. And at the end of the day, I'm just going to say they're both wrong on this. I really, <laughs> I'm not picking a side. Like, I definitely think Antonio Brown's not right. And I, he's definitely not right in just general. But I definitely don't think Bruce Arians, I definitely think Bruce Arians said more than basically like, or just stopped him getting catches or targets like i think there was more to the story than that as well well and i mean i think that the you know side like okay the sides aside the reality is is that you had a professional athlete rip off his jersey and act like a fool in front of fans okay so let's just talk about that for a sec so it's a bad look if antonio brown actually had an issue like this and he's like well i didn't want to have their their logo on me he should have just taken like fine take the jersey off if you want on the sideline that's great and then just get you get the medical staff and walk to the room don't talk to anybody but he didn't he put on a show so it kind of hurts your case that it's like well i did this that and the other thing is like i was just you know whatever i felt liberated i'm like yeah but you look like an idiot you're professional like you're professional athlete and you can't you just can't do it man like if you actually want people to take you seriously because like look at the tweets that came out after that Right before the rest of this info and everything came out, people were like, oh, there goes crazy Antonio Brown again. And there's no context. Like if that's the narrative that's being spun because of that clip, then you failed miserably at what you were trying to accomplish there. Um, so that's that side of it. Uh, the second thing is, is that, yeah, I mean, if he's actually injured and he was on the injury program that um, I, I don't know, like is like. We, we know that the Bucks were struggling for wide receivers. We know that Antonio Brown is has been excellent. Uh, and it, it is an excellent receiver still. And maybe Brucey Boy did send him in. Like I don't know. Like maybe that's maybe that's accurate. I do find that organizations protect their own extremely well, right? Like the GM and the owners are like, oh no, Bruce would never do that. It's the same with Babs, man. Like when Babcock would did the whole Marner thing, people were like, oh no, Babcock's the greatest guy ever. This, that, and the other thing. And then there's a couple people that are like, actually, he's kind of an asshole. And you can draw your own conclusions. I still don't know, but I mean the, the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, there you go. There's a, you're right. Another example, right? Like, like that whole organization, that's a great example, Kim, protected everybody like in that organization who knew about a sexual predator for years yeah, they protect, and years. They protected everybody but the player. Yes, for years. And they and, and I'm sure – and Kyle Beach has said, he's like, I felt like like I was the problem. Like people blamed him for it. Like it was ridiculous. Like – and this – so this is not something that's shocking a team, an organization, a business blaming the one guy and throwing him under the bus. So you can draw your own conclusions from that whole thing, but it's just, I think the bottom line is, is that, you know, since the hit that happened to him, was it 2015 or 2016 or I forget how many years ago it was, but he got smoked and knocked out. And I'm sure that's happened a couple of times, but his behavior since then has been uh, less than uh, uh, admirable to say the least. And, yeah, I just wish there was a way that we could diagnose people with CTE prior to, 
you know, prior to their death. I think I really hope that there's medical advancement for that so that people can get help. Cause I just, you know, you look at all these guys who've either committed suicide and, uh, or, or have, you know, committed, uh, really bad, you know, crimes and people would say, well, they would never do that. And like all this kind of stuff, like we still don't know enough about CTE right now. And I, you know, I hope kind of down the road, people can figure that out so we can help guys like Antonio Brown. Yeah, the health or there's the talk around mental health. I think it's definitely a right step in that direction of at least doing what we can, knowing what we know, because in general, those are all mental health issues and it's getting better. It's still not perfect and there's still a lot of work to do, but it's getting better. The two quick things about Antonio Brown that I just want to touch on one, this guy's played through injuries before a ton. He's played through a ton of injuries that hurt him in, in big games and stuff. So that's where I question it a little bit. Like if he was injured that bad. Yeah, sure. Like, and then secondly, it's this just adds to how great Mike Tomlin is. How did he deal with AB for nine years? Like that, yeah. I some mean, sort of award for dealing with like him, Le'Veon Bell, and like. Oh yeah, tr- oh yeah. I forgot Lev Bell was there too. Juju Chase Claypool now. <laughs> like, not only has this guy never had a losing season, he's dealt with all these divas in this league. Man, honestly though, and he and not only that, throughout the whole time period, he's had an above five hundred record. Yeah, that's crazy. Like 15 straight winning seasons. I mean, we'll get talking about Pittsburgh a little more. I got that's most of the headlines I want to talk about. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Burke? Um, well, no, I, mean, I think I think I'm all, I think I'm pretty okay. I think um, you know, kind of moving forward, like we've definitely got some you know exciting stuff coming up. Olympics are in a month. Or about that. I mean, so uh, last quick thing is uh, March 2020. The yep. NBA, the professional sport, shut down <laughs> as Rudy Gobert exited the game due to COVID. It is now, what, January 6th, 2022, and Rudy Gobert has exited the game due to having COVID. <laughs> like, we have just gone full circle in professional sports yep. as of today. It's like, here. To, yeah, it's so. Yeah, that's, I just had to It's the that. official, it's the, the, this is really the official end of the pandemic, some say. Because it's already, you know, it's, it, once it makes a full circle, it's over. Yeah. I would, Anyways, I would say. I'm ready to talk about the week in the NFL, Burke. Okay, let's, uh, let's do it. It's the week 17 uh, recap, and we're going to make our picks this episode for this coming weekend as well. Uh, but we're going to make the recap kind of shorter this week because we did not really talk about it as much last week. Just threw the picks out on Twitter because uh, we were not uh, not here. So we're gonna skim through this pretty quick. Uh, talk about some some moments in this uh, this from this past weekend that were big. Some games that let us down. We'll talk a little bit about the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we'll talk about some playoff implications this coming week. We make our picks and end this regular season. Cam, it was not a great week for me overall. We'll we'll, we'll get to it. So before we like let's let's pick and choose the games because I don't think we're gonna go over every game. But what was our record from last weekend? Our record from last week, I went nine and seven, two for two in the lock. So hopefully Woo. we're on Twitter. That was a good week. Good week. Got a chance to get it back to 50% this week with that week. It was a little rougher for uh, Burke over here. Four and 11. Five and, and 11. Five and 11. Yeah, I can't count. <laughs> I can't do those tallies. I didn't actually put the cross <laughs> through it. I just tally it. Forgot to put the cross through it. Threw me right off. But it was five and 11. There was 16 games. And I think you were one for two in the locks there, Burke. I was because I locked up the Miami Dolphins. You want to start there? Yeah, we can start there. Miami, it was a rough one. 34-3 loss against the Titans. Tua wasn't good. 
the defense actually wasn't as bad as it seemed during the game. Like the yardage, they were down by two scores with 10 minutes left, right? Yeah. The first downs weren't that bad. Everything about that wasn't that bad. The offense was just so horrible. The coaching was horrible in this game. Like you got Duke Johnson running for seven yards average. So let's stop running Duke Johnson. It's not working. He's only averaging seven yards per carry. Why would we keep doing that? Especially when our quarterback can't hold on to the ball. Let's stop running and <laughs> hope to throw it. And our wide receivers are dropping balls. And I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a mess. Tua, Tua looked like he had never played in wet, cold conditions before. And it kind of sounds like he didn't. It sounds like they put no, according to Mike Gusecki, they put no effort into thinking about the wet or cold this week, which just makes you question the coaching staff in general. Like it's wet training and staff and yep. Yeah, like you hear about Don Shula, Don Shula and stuff. He used to, when he was with the Miami Dolphins, arguably the greatest coach of all time, he used to stuff the balls at practice into like coolers of ice and water to throw to the quarterbacks to at least somewhat mimic it. Because what are you going to do in South Florida? If you're practicing in South Florida, what are you going to do to mimic cold and wet? There's not a whole lot. Throwing a ball in coolers full of ice and water, at least that's something. At least the guy has to hold a wet ball, figure it out, like, you have a quarterback on your roster too, Jacoby Brissett. He wears gloves. Like, why not work with Tua? Maybe wearing a glove in the wet because it'll help. Like, do something, do anything. And the fact that they didn't come up with any strategy to do wet or cold, like, sure, Tua wasn't good enough, but he clearly hadn't played in that circumstances before, which is very concerning, considering you're in the AFC East, which you play in New England and Buffalo, yeah, and New York, yep, like all cold <laughs> wet areas. Yeah, like, no, it's it's. Yeah, it's a super valid point. And, like, here's the other thing on this whole thing, too, man. Like, you know, like, as you said, he plays in all of those in all of those places. But he wasn't good because he was afraid to throw the ball. And, like, people rip him for being a bad quarterback and, and not being able to throw the ball. I mean, in that game, he made a 50 – he made the longest throw of the week again to Jalen Waddle. That was a 53 yards, right? Like, he knows how to throw the ball. But after he had that horrific fumble where the ball just basically, like – popped i don't know popped out of his hand or he slipped out of his hand and it wasn't like it slipped like ridiculous it's like he squeezed it and it popped like straight out no spiral nothing like the worst fumble ever and after that it was like every time number one he was slower because he didn't want to he didn't you know he, the, the arm movement was slower because he didn't want to lose the ball his accuracy was way off because he was afraid that if it did slip he would underthrow it and it would get picked off like it was just i i really do think it got in his head and it, and you know, it, it, terrible, unfortunate timing. Is the result of this game different if it's a sunny day in Tennessee? Uh, or yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that we played good enough, and the O line for Tennessee was unbelievable. And the wonder Ryan Tannehill has the most time in the pocket to throw the ball. Like it's crazy. You know, my angle before this game was like I thought that the Miami defense would get all over him. And they got crushed because this O line for Tennessee was unreal. They just yeah. like well, it, they ran the it, they ran the ball extremely well as well, which is important in wet cold conditions. But you got a team that leads the league in QB pressures and sacks, and they had three total QB pressures and one or no sacks against a guy who tends to get sacked a lot. So that's just crazy. And then he's the most I mean, sacked quarterback in the league. Yeah, it was the most sacked quarterback in the league versus the team with the most sacks. And what happened? No sacks. I mean, it, like it I couldn't believe that, it. Tennessee had been missing like Taylor Lewan most of the season. He was back for this game and he's great up front there. He's a great O lineman and they were missing one other guy and blanket on the name. But I mean, this game, you really saw the difference between a really good O line and a really bad one. 
And I mean, I just want to touch on, we talked about this tweet from uh, Clay Ferraro from WPLG in the States there. He tweeted out uh, just about the Dolphins in general, especially this game. Uh, all of these things can be true. Number one, Tua isn't the biggest problem with the De- Dolphins' O offense, mm-hmm. which is true. Yep. He sure didn't help, but he's not the biggest issue. Correct. The O-line is bad, and weapons on the whole, on average, are best. Uh, Waddle got held out of this game. They bracketed him extremely well. Parker Gusecki just weren't good enough. They weren't looking their way enough. And, I mean, you need you need a second really true receiver. Parker seems to be falling off quite a bit off where he was. I think injuries are playing a part of that. And then number three, even if the offensive line and weapons are upgraded, it is fair to wonder if Tua's limitations will hold back this offense. That's true. It's true. We'll wonder that. But uh, for all these people who were like, oh, Tua's the biggest issue, it's not true. He could be one of the issues. He might be eliminating this offense. But there's bigger issues to deal with. So, I mean, we'll get into more in the offseason about what we think the Dolphins need to do. But uh, for everyone who was like, oh, this game was all on Tua, no, there was a lot of issues with this offense. Tua was one of the issues. Yeah, but he wasn't good. There was a lot of issues here. Other than the only person who played really well this game was Robert Hunt on offense. He's actually turning into be a really good guard. They have the two worst-ranked tackles in the league. But uh, Robert Hunt at right guard is turning into a really cornerstone. He's actually ranks the best uh, guard in the league in the last four weeks. So that's something to look at that's positive. And Javon and then, Holland killed somebody. Yeah, but he also had a terrible route on the touchdown from 20 yards out. So he actually didn't have a great game for himself. But yeah, he did murder somebody. <laughs> the other person who's now seven tackles away from the NFL record for most tackles by a defense interior defensive lineman is Christian Wilkins. Oh, This guy now ranks fifth in the NFL PFF for interior defensive linemen. He's not talked about nearly enough. Yeah. Like this guy is arguably a pro bowler. He has a chance to break the record for most tackles by an interior defensive lineman this week. Like this guy's having a heck of a season and he was phenomenal in this game. He was the only reason that like, he was a huge reason to why they could hold this running game at times. I mean, at the end of the day, the run took over, but why they were able to hold into it and really be a part of this game. And he's not talked about enough for his play. He's talked about for his, character because he's amazing and a he's the heartbeat of the team he is he, he's not talked about enough for how good his play's been especially this year like he's turning into like they drafted him in the first round he's a true first rounder and he's looking phenomenal this year he's a stud he's a stud and we love him like on this show like just in general like we love him like he's the whole thing when they played the saints and he's going off on alvin camara stealing his towel getting a 15 yard penalty out of camara like the whole thing is just brilliant and like as I said, he this guy is the heartbeat of this team. Offense, defense doesn't matter. This guy has a touchdown this year. Let's not forget. Let's not forget this man has a touchdown. Like come on, he like he just you know. And everybody from from all intents, everybody on this team loves him. The coaches love him. So I hope he sticks around for a long, long time. Um, yeah, we'll get into more of the needs. Kind of, we'll, we'll save that content for for after the season's done. Because uh, we got another game, another big game coming up this weekend. Even though we did get eliminated from the playoffs, uh, Miami plus three and a half was locked for me. Uh, whether the lem- whether the weather kicked in or I don't weather, know, maybe weather and coaching are the two big things. And again, this offensive line and offense just wasn't good enough. So the weather that... and coaching in the weather to me are the two massive standouts. Yeah, no, I agree. And I just think you know, from my perspective, just in terms of the pick, I would say that. I, I felt pretty justified and really confident in this team going into this game. The only other problem that I've seen is now, is now this is the second time, um, you know, this is the second time that they have, <laughs> you know, been in big games and laid absolute eggs. Last year versus uh, Buffalo in week 17. This year versus Tennessee. Maybe week 17 just isn't for Miami. 
Week 17 and bad weather. It was not that nice in Buffalo last year as well. You got to like, remember that. So maybe we should, you know, maybe if – so I would like to say, too, if two wasn't hurt for five games, maybe we would have beat – we would have won a couple more games, wouldn't be in this position. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, what's another game you want to talk about? I'm just going to quickly rile through a bunch of these games and just talk about the scores and our picks. Chime in if you want to actually talk deeper about one of these games, Burke. Okay. So I'll just move through the list. Uh, Buffalo beat Atlanta 29-15. The line was 14 and a half. So half point, we got killed by the line there. I don't think there's too much to talk about that game. Josh Allen with three more picks. Actually, there's one thing I want to talk about. This is Matt yep. Ryan's rush to the end zone. <laughs> okay, yep. This I mean, was, uh, we have to talk about that. This was one of the funniest plays all weekend for me. <laughs> Matt Ryan rushes to the end zone, thinks he gets a touchdown, gets in the defender's face. Then they realize he wasn't in the end zone. <laughs> so so the, he, he's down at the one-yard line. They tacked the 15 on for taunting. So now they're what, third and goal <laughs> third from and the 16. 16. Yeah. <laughs> so you go from thinking you have a touchdown to now you're on the 16-yard line because you're taunting. In Matt Ryan's defense... This is one of those things, like, if the touchdown didn't happen, if he's on the one-yard line, he's not celebrating that or taunting. No, so for sure not. He's not in the end zone. To me, that taunting call should really be washed out as well. But it's just funny seeing the Falcons and Matt Ryan get screwed by it. So that's but this is like this is the it. same thing. Like this is one like stemming off that really quick. Like the NFL and their offsetting penalties and whatnot is really dumb. So for example, like a guy, if you blow the lineup. Right, if you're an offensive, sorry, defensive lineman. You jump the line. You're encroaching, or you're offside, whatever. And the defense, like the 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 O line guy, holds you. It's offsetting penalties. This happened two weeks ago. Now sometimes they don't call it, but they called it. Or they, if they don't blow the whistle fast enough, and the guy holds them really bad, they throw two flags and they called him on it. I'm like, well, the one, if the guy the one that was really bad that was not called was the encroachment or offside that the guy face masked. Because face mask is a 15, it actually overrules and they're not crossed out. Right. So because the guy jumped it, the face mask ends up being the only penalty that counts. And it's like, if the guy didn't jump it, there's no face masking penalty. He was just basically well, there might, protecting There might not be. But yeah, yeah, like you gotta, because like, otherwise your, your boy's gonna get killed no, on an offside play. So to me, how is the face mask the only one that counts? Like if you wash them out, sure. But that one was stupid as well. Like face mask was the only one that counts because it's 15 yards where encroaching is only five. You're like, wait, what? Like you wouldn't have grabbed the face mask or tried holding. So yeah, there's, there's some weird rules in the NFL. And to me, this was kind of one of them. I just loved seeing it because again, it's the Falcons and it's Matt Ryan. Oh, I, it was it was super funny to watch because I know I texted one of everybody. It's like, man, I want to play for Matt Ryan. He's like, man, what a stud. And then two seconds later, it's like, uh oh, not so not so good. This backfired extremely hard. So anyway, that was, that's all I want to touch on that game. Moving along, New England beat Jacksonville fifty to ten. The line was sixteen, and that was not nearly enough. Stop betting <laughs> on the Jags, Beck Burke. Stop. Just stop it. God, yeah, I'll stop. Moving along, Vegas was against Indy. Vegas wins 23-20. Indy was favored by seven. We were both on Vegas here. This was one that I was actually on the money line. I wish we had to talk about this one a little more beforehand. John Madden just passed away. The Raiders were winning this game. Like yep. it was a win for John Madden. It was everything around that. It was I don't think there was too much on that. They were keeping it to at least seven, and I thought Moneyline was a great play. Yeah, no, I, I totally – I think this one was really obvious to me. Like, it really stuck out. I wasn't that confident in, in locking it um, only because Jonathan Taylor. That's it. That's the only reason, right? Like, this, this, this Raiders team has shown that they can give up big plays a lot, and I thought maybe Jonathan Taylor would have a huge game like he normally does. And ha- like hey, this guy's just putting up numbers like no tomorrow. So I was like, oh, maybe. And he didn't have that great of a game. So for Jonathan yeah. Taylor. 
I mean, it was still 100 yards. Yeah, I mean, this the, we, had, we, had, we had this discussion. It's like 100 yards and, and a touchdown for Jonathan Taylor is a bad game now. Like, I, I get that it's a good game overall, but, like, as a fantasy owner, you're like, oh, wow, this guy shot the bed. Like, 17 points. Come on, Jonathan Taylor. Like, what's this garbage? Yeah, moving along. Tampa Bay was facing the Jets. Tampa Bay wins 28-24. They were favored by 13. Uh, there's not too much to talk about this game. Just Gross. They were win Tom this- Brady. Tom Brady, last second drive, score was 16 seconds left. Uh, Jets almost upset them legit. The they Jets did, are the Ottawa Senators of the NFL. You just kind of felt like Tampa Bay was going to win the game, and they ended up. I didn't watch too much of it, but they won the game. I watched the end uh, of it. That was it. Rams at Baltimore. Rams were favored by 5.5. They win it 20-19. to 19. Just a completely messy game, but uh, the Rams end up winning it. Rams are posers. They just are. Like, Cooper Cop is a stud. If Cooper Cup was playing with Patrick Mahomes, they would win a Super Bowl f- every year. It would not even be close. The only but he's playing with Matt Stafford. Against that is Cooper Cup, uh, or Matt Stafford now will have the two greatest wide receiver seasons with two different wide receivers, and he's the common denominator. Yeah, like Stafford's Johnson, shit. Johnson and Cooper Cup will now have the two greatest wide receiver seasons, arguably ever, and Matt Stafford was their quarterback. Could you imagine if Cooper Cup was playing with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he doesn't throw to anybody else other than Devontae Adams. No, but I assume Devontae Adams is out of the picture. Like, let's just assume that Devontae Adams leaves and it's just Cooper Cup and Aaron Rodgers. It'd be gross. He's having, like, Cooper Cup is having this good of a season with Matt Stafford. And he's, Matt Stafford is just not, not what people think he is, in my opinion. I don't know. I just, I'm not impressed. Not impressed with this whole Rams team. Matt Stafford, like, according to PFF, he leads the league in, like, great passes. But he's also way on the list for terrible passes. Like it's very similar to basically with Jameis Winston, but it's almost he's better. Clearly, he doesn't throw quite as many picks, but he has like five pick sixes this year, making a ton of mistakes. But he also has a ton of amazing throws. Like he's like top of the league for that. So I mean, they're yeah, but uh, they're an interesting team. Again, they might be one to fade in playoffs. I don't trust McVay, and yeah. I don't trust this Rams team, man. They just don't like we talked about this earlier in the year, and like. You know, next week on the podcast, we're going to go back and we're, we're going to talk about our preseason predictions. And we're going to bring those back up and see how we did. Uh, and that's one of them that I eh, has not been. I mean, maybe I had them at second, but I, I don't I don't really remember what I actually said. But I they've been disappointing to me this year. Honestly, I thought they'd be way more dominant. I thought their D would be way more dominant. And they just keep games close like they are not that far removed from being the Minnesota Vikings. But, I mean, that's what Baltimore does, too. Baltimore keeps every game really close. And they did this. They did it to Green Bay. They only lost by a point to Green Bay, and they only lose to a point to the Rams. So Tyler Holly only had 11 points. Bastard. Yeah. Moving along, anyways. Philly, Washington. Philly wins 20-16. to 16, Another one, four-and-a-half-point line. So we get burned by the half point once again. Just, yeah, I don't have too much to touch on this game. Just a weird game. Uh Giants at Bears. Bears win 29-3. to They were favored by six. Giants are just bad. They have no quarterback at all right now. No wide receivers. They're just a bad football team. I they're made a mistake gonna, on that pick, by the way. Made they're a mistake. Gonna have two, they're going to have two top ten picks. So hopefully they could turn around. But they're also keeping Daniel Jones and Joe Judge. So they don't, well, really I mean, turn, they don't want to turn around <laughs> that fast. What if they drafted like a quarterback? Like what if they drafted Corral or something like like, what if they just did? Just because. They're like, oh, we're not going to get rid of our quarterback. And they just drafted him. Like, And you have, like, an Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation. and and But, I mean, different because, you know, Daniel Jones is not a 
all-time <laughs> MVP. Yeah, I mean, that's the only time I'll compare him in the same sentence. But, like, just that situation where a quarterback's not expecting another quarterback to be drafted and get any does. Uh, I don't know, man. The Giants are just a bad football team. The Giants are what the what I thought the Eagles would be. Yeah, and the Eagles are in the playoffs, so. That's disgusting. Anyway. KC at Cincy, then probably the game of the week. Cincy wins it 34-31. Joe Burrow now, back-to-back. Him and Jamar Chase, back-to-back. Hot, hot, hot. Insane weeks. They both won a bunch of fantasy leagues. If you're a Bengals fan. 50 points for Jamar Chase, fantasy, on a half-point PPR. Like, woof. And now they uh, win the division, too. Cincy, most people had them as last in the division. I think their win total was like three and a half, maybe four and a half. They're way over that. Uh, Their offense is something else. And it keeps getting the job done. I think this was a must win for them or in a bigger game for them. I think KC come playoff time, I'm still taking them over the Bengals. But uh, this was a good game. Two good offenses. Pat Mahomes seems to be figuring it out a lot better than early season. But uh, come playoffs, I'm not betting on this uh, coaching staff or this Bengals team. In Did you watch the end of that game? I didn't. Yeah, I watched the end of it. And it was a big mess. And the refs. What a mess. Out. The refs helped like, the Bengals win it. There was like 18 penalties in the last two minutes. Like I turned it on with like three minutes left in the game and they're like the Bengals were on like the two yard line with three minutes left and I'm like oh baby like they're gonna get a touchdown and Mahomes is gonna just whip it down the field tie it up like it's gonna be nuts and then they stopped them and they stopped them I'm like oh my god it's fourth down like they're gonna kick the field goal and Mahomes is gonna go down kick a field goal we got overtime like let's go no nope, because I, I forget who I had and even who even, I had. even Joe Burrow here he was saying that uh like really it was some bad calls he didn't he thought they were some bad calls and they lucked out at the end of the game to give them first down again where they could rush out the clock and kick the field goal. Yeah, I know. So. That was that's what I hate. Like I okay, I'm about to say it. I'm going to give the CFL some credit. The CFL, I think it's and I don't know this for sure cuz I don't follow the rules, but in the last 2 minutes, every time the play stops, the clock stops as far as I'm aware. They don't run the clock out in the CFL. Like if the clock within a certain time frame I'm pretty sure it's the final two minutes. If the if you rush the ball and get stopped, the clock stops. That makes so much sense because it makes like it actually does make the end of the game more interesting. Having two minutes left, like a minute fifty nine, like after a two minute warning, and you have you're you're on first down. You're like okay, kneel, kneel, kick a field goal, win the game. Like that's not entertaining at all. Make them kick the field goal, like make them go for it. Right? Like if a play takes eight seconds. Well, three plays, 24 seconds. The other teams get – people want to see that. I would be thrilled if the NFL in the last two minutes was like every time the play stops, the clock stops. I, I think that would be so much fun. It teams would, be, would hate it, but I, be, I think it would be awesome. close games and blowouts, it would kind of suck, but – yeah, but maybe you could put a rule in like if if the clock, you know, like if the game is within X amount of points, like we have that in in like tournament hockey for example, right? Yeah. Like if you're winning by 6, yeah. the it, you know, it's runtime in the last 5 minutes. If you're if it's a one goal game, it stop it the stop time continues, right? Like that's that could be implemented. Yep. So have a look at it cuz NFL because that would be I I don't know. I want that. If I'm giving the CFL credit, like you know that it's serious. Yeah, Denver at Chargers. The Chargers were favored by six and a half. They went at 34-13. Drew Locke is not good. Finally not too, got one Chargers pick right. Yeah, not too much else to touch on. Houston at San Fran. San Fran was favored by 12 and a half. They went at 23-7. This game did not feel like a game San Fran should cover. Houston kept it close, but, uh, I mean, San Fran's a better team. I thought they were going to win. I just thought 12 and a half was too much. 
I can't believe the one thing I'll comment about this game is like the difference that Debo, like Debo Samuel's usage gets when it's not Jimmy Garoppolo goes down the toilet. Trey Lance didn't use him at all. I don't know if Trey Lance can't throw. I know that Debo got a touchdown, but like for the basically the first three quarters of that game, he didn't get a look. And Trey Lance is like, by the way, it might be the worst runner in the NFL. I don't, I think he had a touchdown, but his like awareness of the line is brutal, like brutal. The issue he had a chance to get a first. Like, sorry, he had a chance to get a first down, and he went to the like went towards the sideline. All he had to do was stop and literally fall over, and he had a first down, and he ran out of bounds. Trey Lance might be the most raw prospect we've seen in years. This guy played three hundred college snaps. Ooh. 300 college snaps. So he's got arm, he's got talent, he's got feet, but he has no actual game ability, like playing. He hasn't played that much. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not out on Trey Lance yet, but he's got a shit ton to learn. He's raw, very, very raw. And I don't know if we've ever seen a prospect this raw. So it's kind of crazy to see. How many uh, snaps is, how many how many games is 300 snaps? I actually don't know that number, but there's got to be. For, like, let's just say, like, what, on average? Games. 10 games probably how do you get drafted that high for 10 games because you're just straight arm talent you look good all right i gotta i gotta just work on my arm play like two snaps and then see if i get drafted signing bonus nobody's drafting at 27 (laughs) too old moving along arizona at dallas dallas is favored by six arizona wins at 25 22 dallas wasn't winning this game Dak looks bad that good yeah no but they cover though they cover but they didn't not this time. No, they were six-point favorites over a team who I think is just as good, if not better. It didn't make much sense to me, uh, and it didn't end up making sense. So Arizona looks pretty good in this game. They beat Dallas, and I just – Dallas, I'm just waiting because it looks like they're going to win in the division, just fading them in the first round of the playoffs depending on who they're playing. Like, Don't give away your be... picks. Don't give away your picks for next week's episode, Cam. Maybe they end up with the one seed, actually. I don't think they can be. No. Anybody can win the AFC one seed still, but I don't think Dallas No, AFC one seed's locked up by the Packers, actually. Yeah, so we have Detroit, Seattle. Seattle was favored by seven and a half. They score 51. 51 29. Did fuck you. Defense? Fuck you, Rashad Penny. Russell Wilson, 236 yards, four touchdowns. Rashad Penny, 170 yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> oh, my God. Massive game. I mean, Penny was a first-round pick. He's finally looking healthy. He's looking like a pretty good runner down the stretch here now as he was healthy, and they finally gave up on Collins. So uh, interesting for next year. Do you want to hear my woe story of the week? Sure, Burke. I lost my fantasy matchup by 19.5 points in the finals. Rashad Penny in week 14, 26 points against Houston. Okay, great. It's Houston. L.A. had five points. Chicago had 19. And then had 31 and a half to Detroit. And I was like, dude, why couldn't you have a five-point week? I would have won my fantasy finals because Rashad Penny just went absolutely off. Every time I, lo- I was watching Red Zone in the afternoon after the Miami game, and I was keeping track of my matchups, like Renfro got, you know, touched on the foot or he would have had like a 17-point play or something. Not quite that much, but probably a 13, 14-point play. Uh, and every time Red Zone came on, it was like, oh, here's a good look at Rashad Penny. I was like, no. And it's like a 50-yard run touchdown for Rashad Penny. I'm like, fuck, I'm losing this week. Anyway, that's my Rashad Penny rant. Hate the guy. Probably draft him next year, and then he'll probably be shit. Yeah, Carolina at New Orleans. New Orleans favored by 6.5. They went 18-10. to 10. 
Carolina's got a lot of talent on defense. Their offense needs a lot of work. Alvin Kamara being used out of the backfield as a passer. This is or pass catcher. This is what he needs to be doing. He was really good. And uh their defense is good and the Panthers offense sucks. So is Cam back? No, Sam Darnold played most of this. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more like Cam gone again and I think that I think it's over for Cam Newton unless he wants to come back as a as a running back. He could come back as like quarterback. Yeah. Why not? Sign like a really cheap deal. You're like a third down running back on the one on the two yard line. He Who says no? Cheap, cheap Taysom Hill. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Taysom Hill sucks. Yeah, it's actually if you actually look at a lot of PFF stats, P, or uh, Taysom Hill's above average passer and like one an elite runner, so the eye test suggests otherwise. Yeah, they have, like, some of the worst-ranked wide receivers who get the least amount of separation. But, I mean, that's a story for another day. Sure. Moving along, uh, Minnesota, Green Bay. Green Bay favored by 6.5, 37-10. Mannion, Sean Mannion started for the Vikings here. This guy has four career NFL starts. All four career NFL starts are in week week 17. (laughs) So he's only really ever played in – yeah. He's only ever played in garbage week 17. This year it's different because week 17 is the second Dude, last week. Dude, that's actually a wild – that's wild because he was garbage. Was a, that was his fourth NFL start all week 17. I think that might be his last NFL start. Yeah. He's did you watch any of that I game? I don't know why that – I did not. I was playing hockey. Dude, it was disgusting. I'm watching this game like – and I had uh, – forget. Who are they playing again? Sorry. They were playing um, – Vikings Packers. Right, so I had uh, I had Aaron Jones, and I'm like I'm like all right, I need a whole bunch of points from Aaron Jones. Here we go, and the Packers kept getting the ball, but and I was like they they just get the the Vikings like were three and out like every single time, and it was it was not even close. It was like oh we're gonna do a run play, we got one yard. Oh we're gonna do a run play, we lost the yard. Oh we're gonna do, we're gonna do a pass play, and we get sacked a yard. Oh we're fourth and eleven. Guess we have to punt. That was basically the entire game. And then they stopped using Aaron Jones because it was too cold, and they ran AJ Dillon, and Dillon had a huge game, which fucked me another league. So I'm a little, I, the whole the, the whole fantasy thing after Sunday night is over. So anyway, I just it was it was tough, didn't love it. It's over now. Don't have to talk about fantasy for a while. But uh, yeah, I mean Aaron Jones. Hey, sign with Miami. You don't have to worry about AJ Dillon, and it's warm down here. It's warm, and we'll treat you nice. Monday Night Football, we had Big Ben's last game in Heinz Field, and did a, he go out with a bang? What a stat line. 24 for 46 for 123 <laughs> yards. Dude, i got to tell you a funny story about this. So I, <laughs> I was playing hockey Monday night prior to lockdowns, and I looked at my phone, and he was 20 for 33 when I went on the ice. I came back and I looked and he was 24 for four, 24 for 46. And I was like, in the whole hour that I was gone, you completed four passes out of what, what was it? Uh, like 12, 13, whatever it was. I'm like, what have you been doing the whole time? Like I, I didn't watch, I, I didn't watch a second of that game. I just, I'm just picturing Big Ben like loading up, throwing it like two yards downfield because he can't throw it anymore and it goes incomplete. Like that's what I pictured happened. I don't actually know what happened. He was but. actually throwing a ton of bombs, but they were going incomplete. But 123 yards with 46 attempts is nuts. Baker Mayfield didn't do much better though. He had 38 attempts for 185 yards. 
<laughs> oh man, Baker's in trouble too. Actually, sorry. I'll talk about Baker in a second, but let's go back to Big Ben. So as you said, 24 for 46, 123 yards, one touchdown, one interception, one carry for minus one yard and one fumble. Every single stat line he possibly could have, he did. He fumbled. He had an interception. He had a touchdown. He had a carry. Like, this guy was all over the place. It wasn't good. All over but the he was all over the place. Is that a Gordie Howe hat trick? Like, if, if you have a touchdown, interception, a fumble? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, Big Baker. Ben was going out with a bang, though, and he did. Last game in Hinesfield, so we'll see him one more week. Is that the last yeah. game for Baker Mayfield at Hinesfield? Um, yeah, I don't even know what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. I mean, I feel like Baker's going to get a chance somewhere, maybe Carolina. Is this con- What's his contract up? His contract's up this year. He's oh, so he's agent. oh, so he's done and he's done in Cleveland. I would assume. I'd imagine there's talks. Can you do better than him? Like Baker's average. He's average when he's healthy. He wasn't healthy all year. I mean, he's playing with like a torn shoulder and. What about Gardner Minshew? He's also got a nice mustache. He does. He has a really nice mustache. Um. So like, I don't Minshew know. I feel and like Baker. Sorry, Baker's Minshew and, and Cleveland somewhere. would be like mint. But yeah. is he not a Cleveland guy? Like, like not coming from there, but like a guy that would be embraced yeah. by the Cleveland. Like we've talked about oh, this, for right? Sure. For sure. I just, yeah, I don't know what they do. Definitely. I think he showed signs at times. Baker, he's not, I don't think he's very good still, but he showed signs. Like if you see these other guys getting chances, Baker's going to get a chance somewhere. Like a team like Carolina, who's giving anybody a chance right now and bringing back cam. Could they not be giving Baker a chance with something? So I think he'll get a chance, but I think it was his last game or sec, last game with Cleveland because he's not playing this week. He's getting his shoulder surgery this week. Won't be playing week 18. So I think it was his last game for Cleveland. Well, I mean, he definitely is better than Sam Darnold, right? Yeah, I don't even know that. I don't know what Sam Darnold is anymore. <laughs> you sound so sad. You're just like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, it's just it was, bullshit. It week. Left, right, and center. And I have no uh, idea. I week 18 is hard to look forward to. It 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 is. There, there, okay, so there, there there is some really good games this week. There's a possibility of one, and they might just kneel 60 times. No, there's some. There's other ones, right? There's got to be. Really. Miami pa- Miami Patriots for the for like the pretty close to the division, maybe. Maybe. No, favored by 16 and a half. If they beat the Jets, they win the division. The Jets were super scrappy against the Bucks. Okay, are we are we getting into the picks now? Nah, nah we're getting into the picks. Start it off. Let's go. Saturday we have KC at Denver. KC favored by 10. You almost thought this would be more. I would be shocked if KC plays their starters in the second half. So this is a really hard to take game in my opinion. Uh so KC's locked up the first seed, right? No, Titans win. They lock up first, and they're playing the te- Texans. So, Titans. so Casey's really—they're not playing for anything this game. Because you got to okay. assume the Titans. Titans are going to beat the Texans for first place. Okay, but so let's let's just let's just say that that what so okay so this game's at one o'clock, right? It's Saturday. Oh, sorry, this is Sat. Oh shoot, thirty so, on Saturday. Well, maybe they. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they do play the full game. They're not really playing for anything. First seed is a bye. Yeah, but they're not getting it. You're assuming Titans are winning. They might. Like, what, if, what, what happens if you rest your players and then all of a sudden the Titans pull up whatever and they win? 
Yeah, if the Texans win. The Texans, but, sorry, yeah. But this is still, like, to me, this is 10 points. Like, if Casey's up by 14, they're resting everybody, basically. Like mm, just, That's true. And Broncos D is pretty good, and it's in Denver, and it's on the road. And, yeah, like, Drew Locke doesn't score much, but I just don't see KC doing much in this game. So, to me, I'm going to be on Denver here. Just I think KC's going to rest everybody. I don't think they're playing for much here, and I think the line's kind of showing that. I think the line would be closer to 14, 14 and a half if they thought the team would be playing the whole game. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that. You convinced me Broncos uh, plus plus that line. Um, yeah, I just uh, – if, if the Chiefs do decide to roll their team out there and just, you know, absolutely throw bombs all game just to, you know, stay loose before before they're, uh, <laughs> before next week, then I'll be kind of sad because it, it, I think realistically it could be more than that. More than that but Oh, yeah, it could be. Like this, this week is hard to judge. Cause it's, I don't it, it is. For yeah. Anybody like, for sure. You can moving see both in, angles, right? Moving into Saturday night. We got Dallas at Philly Dallas favored by seven here. This game's they're not playing for anything. Really. Uh, Dallas has won the division already. Philly's in the wild card spot already. So to me, seven points in division, both teams probably going to be resting people. So we're going to probably see Garner Minshew. We actually seen Garner Minshew is pretty good. So Garner Minshew is pretty good. You're going to give me Philly plus seven in this spot. I'm going to take Philly plus seven because this game means nothing. It's a division game still, and I like Philly's backups. Dallas hasn't looked healthy. So Philly has a chance to move up in the standings if San Francisco loses. So Philly's the seventh, the seventh seed team right now. So if they move, so if San Francisco loses and Philly wins, then Philly is the sixth seed, which currently gets you. <laughs> here's the best part. Currently gets you. So let me ask you, which one would you prefer, Cam? If you were Philadelphia, would you rather play the? Hold on, you're playing the Bucks or Rams? Yeah. So it's if you're if you're if, if you're seventh seed, you're playing the Rams. If you're Six seed, you play the Bucks. Which would you prefer? That could also change too, because depending on what happens in those games too, because that swap, yeah, so. that's true. But okay, so let, let's just say if you were the Eagles, would you play the Bucks or would, would you want to play the Rams? Play the Rams. So the would Bucks, I. Yeah. So would I. So I mean, but your game might not mean anything anyway. So it's true. I think you got to rest. I think you're going to rest <laughs> players on Saturday, having no idea. That's why this whole Saturday thing was a great idea. But it's now turned into both games possible, probably meaning not a whole lot. So it's kind of turned into shit. It kind of, you're, yeah, you're kind of right, actually. Now that you look at it, um, I'm gonna take Dallas. What was it? What's the minus? What's the line again? Seven. Okay, I'm gonna take Dallas minus seven. All right. Dallas covers, baby. They didn't last week. They're not gonna in week 18 either. They have never covered in week 18. What? Why would you tell me that after I made the pick? This is not the first year there's week 18. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's a bad joke when you don't get it. <laughs> oh, man, I'm fucking rusty. I've been out the mic for two weeks. I'm not, I am not the sharpest fucking knife in the drawer right now. Okay, next game. Let's get to Sunday. Moving into Sunday, 1 p.m., we have Pittsburgh heading to Baltimore. Holy Baltimore fuck. are five and a half point favorites. Let's go Big Ben. Big Ben's going to cover five and a half in his last game. Yep. Baltimore doesn't I, care. I don't. Yep. Lamar's not playing. Pittsburgh's just going to cover for Ben. They're yep. going to go out with a bang here. Yep. You're, you're yep. on Pittsburgh too. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's it. That's. I mean, that's 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 all there really is to talk about. Like legit. Like, 
I'm not going to sit here and just be like, oh, well, you know, uh, Tyler Huntley over the last four games has had, you know, this amount of bit. But no, like, come on. Like, Big Ben did not have that good of a week 17. Obviously, he had, like, fucking the bingo card completely filled out. So if you don't think the Steelers aren't going to get up for their boy, like, come on. Come on. Since he at Cleveland, Cleveland favored by three. If you've heard anything, no, none of the starters are playing for the Bengals. We have at least the backup quarterback in for the Browns, but that might actually be better. Case Keenum might be better. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm actually going to take Cleveland minus three here. Uh, I just think that, yeah, the Bengals, they're going to be hung over still after last week. They're not playing any of their starters from the sounds of it. So I bet you this line will move closer to seven by game time. Yep. Three's not enough. So Yeah, I'm on Browns as well. Again, this week's just kind of messy. We're kind of guessing what teams are going to do on some Pretty of these much. Lines. We should like, almost not count these ones, but we have to. But it's still going to screw the average even more. But whatever. Washington football team at the New York Giants. Washington's favored by seven. I just can't bet on these Giants. I don't like a seven number with Washington, but I think Washington's going to play for more. I think they're going to play for Rivera. They got some fun stuff coming out with their team with a new name on the way. And this Giants team's just really bad. Division game, I think Washington's going to want to end it on a bang, and I just like their coach. Like, Ron Rivera's a good coach, and I think they're going to win this game and win it by more than seven. Washington's been relatively consistent, actually, like in, in terms of playing good teams and, and keeping games close. They're a decent team. They're not They're, they're, they're not, not bad, great. They're I mean, they're, yeah, they're 6-10, and 10, but, like, how many of those losses that have they, they have have been single-possession games? Like, yeah, they've had I a just, couple. I felt like they've been a decent team all year, and that's missing, like, Chase Young all year, so... To me, yeah, they, I mean, a, they're a decent team and New York sucks. Giants suck. I can't, I can't, after last week where I'm like, oh, you know, maybe. No, I can't do it again. If I get burned this week, then whatever. At least uh, this is me kind of hedging happiness because if Washington loses or like, the, let's just say the Giants cover, then my pick from last week doesn't look as bad. Right. Then, then I'm like, oh, see, see, my angle was right. Like they, you know, so they're fighting the for this, this week. No, I'm on Washington this week. Okay. I'm just saying, like, I like if the Giants win and I'm wrong on this pick, at least last week's pick doesn't look like an absolute disaster. Now, if the Giants get blown out here, then I look like an idiot. So we got Chicago at Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota favored by three and a half. No idea. Of course, qu- quarterback for the Bears. Of course, they're favored because by Justin three and a Fields half. now is on the COVID list, so it looks like he'll miss. Ah, screw it. This seems like a game Minnesota's gonna somehow win by three and a half, and I don't know why. Uh, got no pick here, really, or why this game's going to go. And I'm just going to go, Justin Fields isn't playing. Minnesota's going to do something here to win this game and win it by three and a half. So I'm going to take sure. Minnesota here. Just pure give me many, Give me many three and a half because uh, Kirk's going to be back and it's not prime time. There you go. That's my angle. Titans at <laughs> Texans. Titans favored by ten and a half points here. Titans win this game. They win the AFC, get the bye. So to me, Mike Vrabel's going to go out in this game and he's going to take it to the Texans. Texans are not a good football team. They've kind of been pesky at times this year, but they're not good. Titans have a chance at AFC number one seed. They're going to pound this Texans team. They're going to win this game and win it by 10.5 here. Give me Texans plus 10.5. I like an underdog on week 18. Come on, baby. I fucking hate this Texans, this Titans team. They eliminated the Miami Dolphins. I have no reason to cheer for them. This Titans team is hanging with the big dogs. They've done it quite a few times this year where I've gone against them, and you told me not to, and I was like, nah, te- the Texans suck, and then they cover. So I'm going back to the well. I'm going back with your team, your boys, 
They were my team when Tyrod Taylor was playing. <laughs> Give me the Texans plus 10 and a half. I'm just, this is more so me just hoping for the spoiler angle. Uh, I really hope the Chiefs win and the Titans lose and the Titans have to play, uh, who's the seventh seed? Raiders. I, I, I hope. A lot, I, a lot that can go on in the AFC. Wait, is Derrick Henry playing this week? He's not going to play this week. He's practicing, okay, good. but he's not going to play. Woo. Okay, perfect. Give me Texans still. <laughs> if Derrick Henry is playing legit, I probably would go Titans. Indy at Jacksonville. Indy favored by 15 and a half. Indy needs to win to get in. They win. They're in the playoffs. 15 and a half. Jacksonville sucks. Jonathan Taylor is going to run all over this team because Indy needs this game. Frank Reich is a decent coach. Again, I'm going with coaching here. Decent coach in a must-win game. They're going to take it to the Jags. The Jags' offense is so bad somehow. Trevor Lawrence has no, showed no signs of being the top pick. So I'm on Indy here, 15 and a half. I, it would have to be, like I said, 40 points for me to consider going Jags, or at least like 27 or something. 15 you gotta and a half is not enough. Yeah, you got to get – oh, I'm going to take the Colts as well. I just got so burned you, last you, week. You're giving up on your Jags in week 18. Yeah, it's, it's time. Held strong it's, for It's time. Weeks? It's time. I'm finally, I, I'm finally a hater. I mean, here's the thing. Mac Jones sucks. I do not like Mac Jones as a quarterback. I don't think he's that good. He's obviously a systems QB. And they just spanked the Jags by – what was this? Like 50 to what? 50 to 10. 40 points. 40 by the Patriots. The Jags can't who, score. Yeah, the Jags can't score. Like, the, the, the Pats are not that good offensively, and you got scored 40 on you? Dude, Jonathan Taylor might have four or five touchdowns tomorrow. Well, he won't, actually, because he'll get two for, like, 200 yards, and then they'll sit him to rest him for the next week. Like, <laughs> this is not going to be – no, this is not going to be close. Craziest stat I have about the Indianapolis Colts this year, there's only one quarterback, regular playing quarterback, with 400 snaps this year who has less interceptions than Carson Wentz. He is second last in interceptions. Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback in the league with less interceptions. Is that because Wentz just doesn't throw the ball because he gives it to Jonathan Taylor? He doesn't. He doesn't. He's averaging, like, I think the least <laughs> amount of throws per game, but he's still not throwing interceptions. Yeah. So it is no, I mean, hey, that's the beauty about having Jonathan Taylor. You just give him the ball and let him do the rest. Green Bay at Detroit. Green Bay favored by three, so that's got to mean they're not playing much. many starters here. Well, Aaron Rodgers is definitely not playing. So it's going to be a Jordan Love game, right? Yeah, so it's going to be Jordan Love. I mean, I just think Detroit's going to come out and win this game. I think in a nothing game, Green Bay's got nothing to play for here. Dan Campbell is Dan Campbell. I actually think Detroit's got a chance at winning this game just playing for absolutely nothing because they've done that. They like playing for nothing, so got to take Detroit here to maybe upset, but plus three. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, live dog, no doubt. Or live cat, you might say. Uh, I do like the Lions uh, plus three and a half. Like this could this is one of those games though that like could go the opposite way so quick. Like let's not forget oh, yeah. the the Lions are absolutely dog shit. Like this is not us endorsing and I and I've picked them a couple times this year, but I'm not endorsing them necessarily in general. There's no way this line would be that close. Like it would be seventeen and a half or something stupid. Like it would not be close. I just think this Lions team can play good enough against back. Well, they're gonna play their starters. Yeah, no, that's what I think they can play good enough against Green Bay's backups. I think they play hard enough. Yeah, and they're at home too. Like keep in mind, they're at home. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you want to send your fans off with a with a third win? Like, I mean, that franchise and those that fan base has been starved for for dubs for so long, and you're playing backups. You better fucking win that game. Yeah, Lions uh, plus three and a half. New York Jets at Buffalo. Buffalo favored by sixteen and a half. If they win, they win the division. 
They do have to win. I think they're going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it fairly easily. But 16 and a half is too many points. I think, like, they could go up 14 in the first half. All right, Josh Allen, get off the field. We got Mitch Trubisky. He can get in there. And as you said, the Jets have been a little pesky, so I think they're going to be able to keep it to 16 and a half. Buffalo's going to win this game. That's not a doubt here. 16 and a half points is just too much, in my opinion. I'm going to go the opposite way, Cam, and I'll tell you why. Do you remember week 17 last year, what happened? Yeah, but that game somewhat mattered for Miami. Not the Bills. No. Didn't matter at all for the Bills. And what did they do? They but fucking gave pumped. up in the second half. They pumped the shit out backups. of us. I know it was backups in the second half, but Miami. This is a Jets too. team, man. They're not like that the good. Give up. They're not that good. I just think like I like the Bills legit. They love making people feel embarrassed. That's just what they do, and we know this because they did it to us last year. So, and who's their backup? Because he torched us last year as well. Their backup First. this year is Mitch Trubisky. Oh, right. Who was their backup last year? I don't remember. Some random guy. Anyway, threw a touchdown on his first throw, so there's that. Uh, Mr. Biscay's capable. He's not the best, no, but he's... Yeah, no, he's fine. He's, he's capable. before. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah. Bills minus, uh, Bills minus the points. I just think they've stomped the Jets, and the Jets just, just fade off into the distance, and we'll talk about them in eight months. Saints at Falcons. Saints favored by four. Saints lost the first game against the Falcons this year this is a must win the saints win the 49ers lose the saints make the playoffs saints defense is really good their coach is quite good i just think they're gonna find a way to win this game and four is quite a bit of points but again i just atlanta's got nothing to play for is this matt ryan's swan song probably not because they're paying him a crap ton of money for three more years still (laughs) (laughs) but again i just think they're gonna find a way to get camara involved and this defense is really good for the saints so they're gonna find a way to win this game so at four tough but i'm gonna go saints i don't think kyle pitts is playing this game i have no idea i i'm i'm give me like two seconds but i'm pretty sure that kyle pitts is out this week because he pulled up last game on a run or on a route sorry excuse me and he yeah he pulled up so he's he's listed as limited on thursday uh he does say that he feels good but anytime somebody pulls a hammy especially like fantasy wise doesn't matter now but generally when somebody pulls a hammy like that and they say they feel good it doesn't take much to pull that again and hurt that again he's like their only option really he's not going to play like yeah i i don't feel confident at all with this falcons team uh so give me the saints i think they're you know they're going to have kind of more guys back healthy more guys off the COVID list they're going to get better and better big game from camara coming up they want to make the playoffs and they'll do everything that they can to to do so so yeah four points for the saints no problem we got Carolina at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay favored by eight. I kind of assume that means Tampa's not playing a lot of starters. Mm, I would assume you'd be correct. I don't. I don't really know with that eight point spread if it means they are or not because the Tampa Bay likes playing closer games, and this game sort of means seeding. But are they that worried about seeding this Tampa Bay team? They don't get the bye, so I can't no. see them worrying about seeding. I think Tom Brady and stuff would rather take the week off. I mean, he might play a quarter. Yeah, like I think he's going to take most of the game off. I actually might be on Carolina here. I just think they're trying to work through a bunch, still figure out, like, guys are going to be playing for jobs. Even their quarterback, Sam Darnold's going to be playing for a job here. They're going to be playing hard. I don't think the Bucs are going to be playing that hard. So, plus eight, Carolina, I'm going to be on that side. Yeah, and the total is pretty low. Like, the total is 41.5. So, well, it's pretty average. It's not low, but it's average. Um,. Yeah, I mean, give me the give me the Panthers plus eight. We'll throw uh, we'll throw friend of the show native 
uh, a bone and, and take the Panthers, which probably means that the Bucks are going to win. So by nine, but whatever. Well, yeah, Panthers plus eight. Let's see it one one more week, and we'll we'll see them get their uh, sixth dub of the year. After, by the way, they've lost how many in a row now? A lot. <laughs> I think ten. I think they're ten in a row. They've lost or something stupid. They were five and one at one point. Anyway. Don't want to dance on too many graves. San Fran at L.A. Rams. Again, L.A. is not playing for a ton. They're favored by four here. San Fran needs to win to get in. Big game for them. This is just kind of what happens in this division. San Fran beats L.A. I don't know why. don't know how, but they just usually get the job done. It's like everyone in this division seems to have a team they just always beat. And this is one of them. So uh, I don't like betting San Fran. And as a Miami fan, we hope they lose and miss the playoffs. Better draft pick. But uh, I'm on San Fran plus four. Yeah, I mean, I think just in general, week 18, you always pick the teams that have something to play for over teams that don't. Because I think just guys are going to be way more committed on one side of the ball than the other. Yeah. And I that's pretty obvious psychology. Um, you know, I don't know if Jimmy G is going to play. I don't necessarily trust Trey Lance, but as I'd said, I really don't think this Rams team has a really any, has much to play for. San Fran has everything to play for, and sometimes the worst players when they have, to, you know, well, sometimes the worst players when they have everything to put on the line play like the best players. It's going to be San Fran plus the points. Yeah, Seattle at Arizona. Arizona favored by six and a half. Woo. All right. Uh, well, neither team have anything to play for. So what do I do now? I really don't know with this game. Uh, I'm just going to take the points then. If nobody has anything to play for, it's a division game. Seattle, I think, usually beats Arizona most years. So six and a half. I'm just going to go Seattle here. I just Sure. They played really well last game. Russ finally got to cook a little bit. Penny looked good. And again, Arizona is playing next week. So... Again, they're more likely to rest a lot of starters. That's true. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just going to take the Seahawks just as well because it's just, I don't know. Maybe Russ can throw some bombs, and maybe this will be his final game as a Seahawk. It's maybe. He could possible. be traded. He might walk away. We'll see how it goes. Uh, caveat to all these picks, by the way. Like, if you don't want to bet him, you don't have to. It is it, week eighteen, so tough. Like just overall, because it's like, oh, this team doesn't have anything to play for. Well, why would they have anything to play for in week seventeen? Well, because it's not the last week. There's always a week after that. This is the hangover week where no one gives two shits because there's no practice after this week. So <laughs> unless you're a playoff team and playoff team rest guys anyway. Anyway, yeah. but the last game, Cam. Well, there's no Monday night. Second last game. There's oh, a Sunday night. Do no. we miss? We one? haven't talked about New England Miami yet. Oh yeah, sorry, we're saving that one. Yeah, I've got second New, last I've, game. New England, no Monday, Miami, no Thursday. New England favored by seven. They win and Buffalo loses. They take the division. They're already in the playoffs, so I think. They're already, yeah, they've already clinched, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so they're already in the playoffs, so this game doesn't really mean much to them. Miami, there's a lot of guys playing for jobs. It's New England in South Beach. Never seems to go well for New England at the no, end of the year. Never. So it's because the, ball, the, the balls are too warm. <laughs> Not deflated enough. No. I just think this is the spot where uh, Miami's. This could either go two ways really quickly. Either guys are going to play for Brian Flores, get him his second straight winning season. Guys are going to be playing for jobs and stuff, and New England's going to be resting some guys. 
or the guys don't play for Brian Flores at all because from the sounds of it, some of them aren't real happy with him. So the game could go one of two ways in a hurry. I think Brian Flores would do a lot for this team, so I think the guys are going to play for them. So I'm going to be Miami plus seven here. Yeah, there is two ways this could go. And, uh, ha, good pun. And I think that, uh, yeah, Tua will die. <laughs> Your face is priceless. Uh, yeah, Tua, I think, I mean, this is the thing, right? Like, there's been rumors, as we've kind of talked a little bit Miami about already, but, you know, there a rumor came out again that there, there, the talks about Deshaun Watson have opened back up. Uh, and will open, or should, or they haven't opened back up because technically the season's still on. But after the season's conclusion, they will continue their discussions and negotiations for Deshaun Watson. Apparently his legal situation is getting better. It's not entirely resolved, but it's getting better. So latest report has 18 out of 22 lawsuits have been like settled. Yeah. So there's four left to settle. So should, should take that long you figure. Right. So here's the thing is that, and and you haven't seen anything come out from the FBI. Generally in this case, they'd be pretty quick. So I'm not too worried about that on that front. So I think if you're Tua here, you need to have a good showing. You had a horrible showing last time. And like, he's already been asked this week, like, well, what do you think about the quarterback controversy? Are you worried about them? Like going after another quarterback? He's like, I'm the quarterback until I'm not the quarterback. Pretty much was what he was saying. Uh, but like, let's be honest here. You're pro, you know, that you're under that much scrutiny. You need to have a good game to end the season so that when you go to those meetings, you say, yeah, see what I just did here against a team that made the playoffs. I think two is going to have a big game here and, or he's going to have one of the worst games of his career. I do not see him being kind of in the middle. I'm hoping he has a really good game because I don't mind him at all. Um, I like Miami plus seven in the spot. One big prop to look at is Jalen Waddle over receptions. I can't remember the numbers. If it's four now, he has to beat the rookie reception. Yeah, four, four or five, I think. Yeah, something like that. They're gonna feed him the ball, <laughs> even if it's like touch passes or screens. Oh, hundred percent. Jalen Waddle's getting the record. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting the record. So over receptions for Jalen Waddle, it's usually five and a half or six and a half for him. It's over. They're gonna just feed him the ball until he gets that record. So no doubt, hundred percent. Best offensive player. So get him the ball is a good idea, anyway. So yeah, he's a guy. He's like a guy. And actually, I've been really happy with him. I actually said the other day that like I'm actually okay with spending a draft pick to get him. And I'd be like, well, his you, stats are not that much better than Devonta Smith. I'm like, yeah, but he just looks look, better. If you actually look at it without the double draft pick trade, they traded down in the draft and still got Waddle because they had the third overall pick. Right. So they traded down to get an extra first round pick next in 2023. So they don't have an extra one this year. They still only have one. It's San Fran's instead of their own. But next year they have theirs and San France. So they traded one first round pick for two. But it's they actually traded it for three and then traded two for one. So it's kind of messy. But if you just look at it total, they traded down and still got Jalen Waddell instead of Trey Lance who got drafted at that spot. So if you look at it that way, you're like, no, okay, I'm happy. They got the guy they wanted and they traded down to do it. So it looks good that way. This rookie class for Miami has just been phenomenal. Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, Javon Holland have all been tremendous. Uh, Javon Holland is the number one ranked safety since week nine in the NFL. Not rookie safety. 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 Like he's He's That's been nine that weeks. Good. A lot of people thought he was one of the biggest Pro Bowl snubs, and he's been that good. He's not talked about enough. Safety, NFL, not that high talked about, but... Javon Holland is the real deal. This rookie class was super good. I think eight and a half sacks is what Jalen Phillips has, which is quite yep. good for a rookie season. I think that has him at 20th in the league, 19th or 20th in the league. So he's had a great season too. And Jalen Waddle's just been phenomenal. So great rookie class uh, after a really bad draft. So it's nice to see that. I mean, who's first in the season on sacks? 
Uh, TJ Watt at 21 and a half. Yeah, because he's a monster. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't talk about that from from last week's game. TJ Watt is a monster. This guy has 21 and a half sacks, leads the NFL, and I think he's missed three or four games. Like he's just <laughs> he's in beast. Yeah, he's just ridiculous. Is he better than his brother? I mean, he's got I think a higher ceiling than his brother. His brother's had a better career, and his brother played yeah. both sides of the ball too. And JJ's good. Like, don't get me wrong, but and you know, I mean, JJ's the only person to have 20 in two straight seasons or two seasons. So he was chirping him on Twitter about the yeah. record, about that yeah. record. So he but... still has the record. So, uh, and the other thing JJ Watt did is he played both sides of the ball. He played a bunch of offense too, as a blocker tight end type style, which is kind of cool. So, I mean, slightly different players, but yeah, TJ Watt, I think will have the better career when it comes to, especially sack totals at the end of it. Oh man. He's just an absolute beast. We now Cam. Also, I, game I, to talk about. I was just going to transition this and I got a perfect way to do it. So people say, that the NFL is rigged. And we have one game left on the schedule. The night game. There's no Monday. There's no Thursday. Sunday night, 8.20 p.m. And it just so happens that there's a lot of controversy in this game. Maybe if another game ends in a certain way. If Indy loses. If Indy loses. This game is meaningful. Explain that a little more. If Indy loses... And both the Chargers and Raiders tie. Indy is out of the playoffs, and the Chargers and Raiders both are in. This game is a win-and-you're-in situation anyways, even if Indy wins. So it's a meaningful game no matter what. But if Indy loses to Jacksonville, which is highly unlikely, both teams just took a knee all game, they would both get into the playoffs. So if Jacksonville somehow upsets Indy, there's actually no reason for either of these teams to play a snap all game. Take a knee. Walk away rest everybody and go into the playoffs next week. That's Which a would nightmare. Be hilarious. It would, it would be, be so hilarious. funny. The <laughs> fans would be pissed, but like, and this is where no, like, I, we, I'd love it as a fan. Actually, you know what? That's true. Because I guess if you're fans of bold people and you're like, and you see that result and they kneeling, like, would you not be like, I guess you would be cheering like crazy. Cause you want your team to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it would be, it would just be the funniest thing ever. I don't know if it would ever happen. I mean, Indy's likely going to win. So we won't even get the chance. But like, what happens happening? if this situation happened and like Indy was playing, like I don't know. Let's just say they were playing the Patriots and the Patriots were trying to win the division. Yeah, like it would be crazy. Because I mean, other than that game would be the Sunday nighter probably. So yeah, but like that would be nuts. And like, like would there be fallout for teams for not playing competitive? Like I don't know what the deal with that would be. I have no idea. But but like, could you just imagine if like the Raiders like did that? They kneeled all game, all game, all game, and then they fake kneel and throw a touchdown with like two seconds, <laughs> two yeah. seconds left. Yeah, that would be uh yeah. You you never be able to make a trade in the NFL again. Like every G- GM, oh. like, we're not trading with you. You're not. We're not doing anything. But I mean, seriously, talking about this game though, it is a win and you're in Chargers Raiders Sunday Night Football last game of the regular season. Winner makes the playoffs. Loser probably doesn't. And Chargers are favored by three in Vegas. Chargers are going to win this game by three. It's just, it's time. Like, it's time for them to ramp it up. Like, I mean, it was time three weeks ago, but they really have not played that that well. And I, I don't know. It's it's just, you know, Herbert's got to get the job done here. If they miss the playoffs, it's a super disappointing result for a Chargers team that was touted as one of the best offenses in the league. Um, and I just think the, the Raiders, their Madden game is over. Ha. But they're mad and yeah, they're mad and game's over. It's it's time to pack it in, unplug the Xbox. Your season's done. Uh, Chargers minus three. 
yeah, take the Chargers on the road, fade them at home. It was a little different last week, but uh, I just think they're the better team. Josh Jacobs scares me a little bit in this game. The Chargers can't stop the run, and Josh Jacobs has looked good recently, so it could be a game, and I'm hoping for a really good football game. I have no rooting interest in this, so I'm hoping to just sit down Sunday night and watch a really good football game to finish the year. So, uh, or a game where everyone kneels, I'd, I'd watch it all and absolutely kill myself laughing the entire time. So <laughs> I'd be in for that as well, but, uh, I've got to be on the chargers here as well. I think they're the better football team. I love it. Well, it's, uh, NFL is ending this week. Our picks, uh, will be our final seat regular season tally will be up, I guess, after the end of this week. So what are we doing for locks then? We're doing locks this week still. We're good. We I, I, I really don't think we should personally just because one lock, like just one lock for this week then sure miami plus seven miami plus seven this is really hard i i don't know where, actually i'm just gonna go out here and go indy minus 15 and a half hey why not must why win not? the game jag suck indy minus 15 and a half it's a big number that's got to be the biggest number i've locked up all year didn't you lock up like 21 versus the the jags earlier I don't know. I might have. <laughs> you've been some. Big, big you've been all over the big numbers this year. I'm like a sucker for the plus the, the, the plus odds, and you just or whatever the plus points. You just love love to hammer big lines and punish teams, which has actually worked out pretty well for you. Yeah, you get scared of a couple of these big lines, and then you see the score and it's like fifty to ten, and you're like, why was I scared of twelve points? They won by forty. Yeah. Exactly. Um, beauty. Well, next week we're gonna basically do we're gonna kind of break down. And a little bit more depth, I think, next week. The the playoff games that we've got coming up. Yep. We're gonna go over our uh, our division standings from the start of the year, so that'll be fun. Because I have a feeling those got busted in about the I don't know week three. Thanks Bengals, or week four. Thanks Bengals. Uh, so we're gonna go over that and uh, and some other stuff. Anything else you want to get to before we uh, sign it off for this week? No, I think we're going to have some exciting things to talk about in the offseason. I'm really looking forward to the playoffs. Wildcard weekend is always super exciting. Burke always loses a ton of money in horrible ways, which is so fun to watch. Always. Forever. <laughs> so it, it, it's a ton of fun. It's the best weekend in the NFL, I think. It's still wildcard weekend. It's the most exciting. I think we got a Monday nighter in wildcard weekend this year, too. Like, yeah, I think so. It's going to be a ton of fun to watch, so I'm looking forward to that. Sucks the Dolphins won't be there, but... Uh, as a Dolphins fan, there's always next year. Now you know what it's like to be a Leafs fan, dude. And that's a nice thing. Eh? You know, we, we once we kind of get through this NFL season, we're going to get a little bit more into hockey, talk about some hockey stuff, talk about a little bit more basketball stuff, uh, and just kind of get into, uh, to, you know, some other things and, and transition a little bit. So that'll be really looking forward to that. Uh, as always, follow us on Twitter, at R6Sports, at over 6 at Turf. Uh, you can... Give us a review on Spotify, five-star like on, Spot or on Spotify and on Apple Music. Either one. Spotify, preferably. Need some on there. If you're an avid listener, just hit that five-star real quick for us. That'd be awesome. Helps out with the algo. And uh, as always, for the Over 6 Sports Podcast, I am Zach Amanda Burke. And with me is the Turf King. Thank you for listening to Over 6 Sports. We'll chat with you next week.